A warm welcome to Questions Worth Asking, a podcast where we capture and translate wisdom from multiple disciplines in order to fuel the next generation of changemakers. Hello, thank you for joining us. This is Questions Worth Asking. This is Season 3, Episode 5. I'm Priya. And I'm John. And today we're excited because we have Karen Mack with us. Hi, Karen. Hi. Karen has been practicing in her own organization, uh, organization development and process consulting and coaching for over 30 years. And we thought we would do an episode on listening. And Priya, what's, uh, what's our thinking as to why we thought listening would be a good topic right now? So listening is one of those things, I think, that everybody thinks is really easy to do and everybody thinks that they do it really well. So people generally have a tendency to assume that they are listening as opposed to just waiting for a gap in the conversation when they can talk. And with the pandemic and us all kind of staying at home and, you know, self-isolating or social distancing, I think particularly now that need to connect, that need to be seen by others, but also to see other people is particularly important. And so listening for me is a way of bridging that. How do you connect with somebody? To do that really well, you need to listen. So I really wanted us to spend some time looking at this, hopefully in service of helping people to improve the quality of conversations that we are all having at the moment. So Karen, I'm going to I'm going to jump in first with you. So, um, you know, like I said, listening is one of those things that everybody assumes that they can do and it's really easy. But we know from our professional experience that it's not. So I guess my first question to you is, what what does great listening look like? What what makes for a high quality listener? Thank you, Priya. That that's when someone is really listening, there is a sense of of being heard from the other side. And so some of the things that we want to make sure that we do in order to be a good listener is first of all, stop talking. <laughs> then I mean stop talking even internally in your head and really pay attention to what is being said and and be patient. Patience is a big part of listening because what people tend to do is hear just enough information. They go and frame what they're thinking of as their answer and response and they're really not listening. And it's not necessarily an, an intentional thing. It just happens. And so great listening means I'm here with you. I'm listening to you. I may be using nonverbal communication, which means I'm nodding my head or I'm, um, there are lots of things you can do nonverbally. It's, it's difficult to, exp- to describe that through the podcast, but the person who's talking really feels and that they're being heard. Does that make sense? Yeah, I love that. I, I, I totally echo that. I think that when you feel heard, it's like you feel seen, you know, like somebody can really see you and there's something cathartic in it. You know, when you've actually been listened to. Absolutely. I, do you think there's something, there's something happens that's different to just a normal conversation, I think? Well, it's the, it's the connection, Priya, that you just mentioned that in this time, in this pandemic, in this time, connecting is very important because we are distanced. And so being heard, knowing that someone heard what I said, and it doesn't have to necessarily be an agreement, but knowing that someone has heard me validates me. And that's part of the connection. 
that we're making when we are truly listening? I guess for me, when I feel heard or seen or listened to, one of the things that I notice differently from when I don't feel heard or seen is the pace of the conversation, the space between when I speak and you speak. I, maybe, maybe it's a question. Is it just me in that if I'm truly listening to you, it actually takes me a second or two or three when you're done speaking to then begin forming my thoughts? As opposed to, like you're saying, like we're, we're talking, but actually I'm already forming my thoughts and I may or may not even be aware of it. So sometimes it even takes effort for me to stop the thinking. Wait, 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 catch myself. I'm in thought. I'm really not. I, I don't know what words the other person just said, let alone where maybe their intent was trying to go. Um, does that ring true for us here or just me or? Well, John, what you're talking about doing is is making an effort to listen. And mm. I don't find that to be the natural pace. It could be cultural. I, I know my, myself, one of my triggers, one of the things that aggravates me is when I'm talking and someone cuts me off with their thought before I've had a chance to finish what I'm saying. And it happens all the time. Yeah. And I have found myself doing the same thing. Maybe I'm excited about what we're talking about. Maybe I'm just not as in tune at the moment as I think I am. But when I jump in there, if I'm talking to someone and I'm seeing them on the monitor or I'm talking to someone face to face when I can get face to face with other people again, you can see something in their face that is a disconnect. It's very, it can be very subtle or it can be something like I do when I'm cut off can I finish my point, please? And then that brings people's attention back to, let me finish what I'm saying. This happened to me actually this week. I was talking with a potential client and she was suggesting something and I was agreeing with it. And she said, let me finish. And I said, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, and I'm one who talks about listening, teaches listening skills, knows the value of listening as a coach. And yet I found I cut her off. So it's something that we need to pay attention to and put the effort in. So John, if you are doing that and there's a second or two when the person finishes their their sentence or their point and then you move into it, it's telling me that you're putting the effort in or you're thinking about what they said. That's listening. Right. And I heard you say teaching a class. Could you say more about that? What goes on in a listening class? What are some exercises, some practices? What Priya's going to love that I'm asking a, a practical question. <laughs> I love that you're asking a practical question. I was, I was, I was listening there. I was paying mm, attention to that. Mm -hmm. well, the, the, class, the class covers, let me just give you an idea of some of the points. We, we give an overview of what's listening and why we might not be listening. So for example... The three of us are on this podcast. The person who is speaking is the, is the person who is the sender. The people who are listening, you and Priya listening to me right now, are the receivers. And we think just because the sender is sending a message, the receiver gets it and then responds to it. Some people think that's listening, but there's a lot that goes on in the middle of that. So we identify some of the noises what, what do you think are some of the noises 
that get in the way of listening. Noises, distractions, and filters. What do you think some of those things are? Like like maybe like your internal chatter, like if someone's talking to me and it's making me have an emotional reaction or a cognitive reaction, I can tune into my internal kind of head rather than I'm I'm still listening, but it's not high quality listening because I've gone off into my head a bit. Absolutely, and that would be a that would be a distraction. Yeah, massively. I guess also physical distractions like noise and you know if there's construction going on or something like that could mess with it. And then I guess it's the same thing that Priya just said, but um, the word I'm thinking is baggage. Um, some of my favorite conversations are the ones that aren't predefined. Like I, I join in with someone and we were supposed to talk, we knew that we intended to talk about this one topic. But when we do our check-in, when we simply get there and say hello, we find that something is actually going on for us and that's the conversation. And, and so if you try to take keep me on the predefined topic, my chatter, it, like Priya was saying, is about that other topic because that's frankly where my energy is. So that to me would be a, a distraction. That's also a, dis- a distraction. Things like filters, that so that gets in the way. And then you started out, John, by saying construction noise. So anything that's in the environment, external to us, um, an airplane going overhead if we're talking outside, uh, just the phone phones ringing, those kinds of things. Getting an email while you are supposed to be listening, those kinds of things are the are the noises. And then we get a little deeper, John. You were leaning into that area with filters because filters are our perceptions of what's going on or what we think we actually heard versus what was what was intended to be said biases, conscious ones, ones that we know about, or unconscious, the things that we don't know about. Those are filters that can get in the way of really listening. So it makes it it makes it a challenge to truly listen. I usually start out by telling people, you know, just because you have the ability, if you have the ability to hear someone, does not mean that you're listening. Because listening takes a little bit of effort. No, it takes a lot of effort, sometimes a little bit, sometimes a lot of effort. So that's that's how uh, what we cover there. We do some listening tests. We talk about some barriers to listening. We get into some specific exercises on listening. One exercise, Priya, you were mentioning before we started the podcast, one type of exercise you do. Yeah. Could you talk um, a little bit about that? Because I do yeah. one that's similar. Yeah. So. Um... So I also teach listening as part of my, if you've been on a leadership development course with me or a coaching course with me, I, I, I get people to do this thing where they sit opposite each other in pairs and one person is the talker and the other person is the uh, listener. And I get the, the talker just to talk. The instruction is to talk for two minutes about something that's live for you at the moment. You know, it might be a work issue or something that's bothering you or something that's you know, that's just on your mind at the moment. Um, so that's the only job that the talker has to do. And the listener, um, they, uh, what I say is, I want you to listen and really listen for the next two minutes. And you can use your body, you can use your face, you can use your hands, everything, but you can't use your voice. So I want you to listen and show that you're listening without your voice. And everybody, you know, thinks, oh, yeah, yeah, that'll be fine. And then it's so surprising. Every time I run this, 
you know, it's very rare that somebody can go for the whole two minutes without having to say something or ask a question. And in the debrief, often I say to people, so how long did it take for the urge to speak to really, really come up for you? And some people are like, you know, 10 seconds in, 10 seconds in, they needed to intersperse with a question or a comment or or something. And so this thing that we think is easy, which is listening, which is showing up to be there for somebody, actually people, I think, generally overestimate their ability to do it. So that's a really interesting one. If if any of our listeners want to just have a go with somebody in their household, it's just an interesting way just to observe yourself in the practice and the art of listening. So that's, that's the one I do. Absolutely. And I love that one. The one that I do is a little, it takes a little longer where we actually have part of the group, some volunteers go outside of the room. They're given a job and the folks who are inside of the room are given another job. And the folks who go outside of the room are going to go in, sit at a seat in front of each other, just like in your exercises, and they're going to share something that's very important to them, something that is of high value or something that that moves them. So they go outside to kind of think about that and work on that. Inside, I have prompted the people who are going to be in the chairs, sitting, who are playing the listeners. Those people are going to begin to show non-verbally that they're not listening. And then what happens with that? So now we have people outside coming in, sitting in a chair across from someone prepared to tell them some story or something that's very, very important to them. And then they start to notice as they start to talk that the person isn't listening. And I let it go on for about five minutes or so because you can see people being agitated, but they're trying to communicate. So people get louder. Some people stop talking. And the whole point is, how does it feel to not be heard? Because if people understand how it feels when you're not heard, you might put a little more value on listening with intention. I've got some things that that I'm going to invite you and John to do if you've got a piece of paper and those listening. If you've got something to write on, you can grab it and something to write with. Sure. I, I do. do I've got a pen. Okay, great. So I'm going to give you some barriers to listening. And what I'd like you to do, since no one is going to see this, is to, is to indicate yes or no if this is something that you know you do. All right? Are you ready? I'm ready. ready. The first one is mind reading, which is guessing what they are thinking or what they're going to say. Mind reading. Another one is filtering, which is hearing just what you want to hear. Another one is judging, which is really making a decision about what you're hearing before you've had a chance to really have a conversation about it. Another one, you're daydreaming while supposedly listening. Here's another one. You're supposed to be listening, but you are actually recalling your own experience. Another one, you're ready to change the subject. So in your mind, you're already somewhere else. You were a little bored with what's going on, so you're changing the subject. One more, fatigue. Are you tired? Can you truly listen? 
okay I, I had some yeses in that and I'm, I'm oh. a coach and I'm a professional listener and I definitely had to I have to own up I had some yeses I cheated so bad I cheated so bad I <laughs> after your first question I said mind I wrote mind reading and guessing um I, I said yes yeah, sometimes no sometimes especially if I'm in like coach or consultant or therapist mode well, then no, absolutely not. But yes, if I'm chatting with friends or family, then yeah, so I cheated and created a, like a spectrum of like on a scale of one to 10, not <laughs> yes and no. That is so, so you. That's so I have, a, I have, I, have I think you did do. seven when I, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven questions. I have six yeses. <laughs> I have to ask, which is the one that you think you don't do? Fatigue. I had no, I had a hundred, yeah. I had a zero on fatigue. I said, no, and I'm probably lying to myself. The, the, yesterday was a day where I, two days in a row, I had um, international calls and was up, frankly, middle of the night. Um, and so I noticed my fatigue yesterday, but that was, can I say that's relatively rare for me? And so I did struggle more in conversation, but even even when physically tired, I think I, I don't know, I'm fortunate that way. Well, if you or anyone or those listening said yes what you're saying is yes this is a barrier that i have to listening and so what do you what do you do with that first of all we have to know what our barriers are what are some of the habits that we have uh, created for ourselves that we're not even aware of that's the key is being aware so once you know this is something that could be getting in the way of truly truly listening then how are you going to change that habit? How are you going to, to move that barrier out of the way? Priya, what would, you, what would you say would be a way to move one of the barriers that you, that you discovered for yourself? So, so what really shifted this for me when I really, it's probably about maybe eight, eight, nine years ago for me when I really kind of understood the value of coaching. One practice that has really helped me is understanding that it takes practice not just assuming that I can do it and I can do it all the time especially when you work in this space I think that you know people um, can assume that you can do it all the time and that's not the case for me so you know I get fatigued I get tired I spend a lot of my time listening I spend a lot of my time in consultant mode or coach mode so kind of having boundaries of right, you know, I'm I'm fully optimised, I'm in a great space for listening, I've dealt with what I need to deal with, I'm in a listening space, it's great. And, but also knowing what it takes for me to recharge that space. Um, and, and the more I do that, the better I get at kind of practising uh, and noticing, like, like John mentioned earlier, you know, if I'm, if I get distracted, I'm much better now at being aware of it, and bringing my attention back to the other person. So kind of practice and making sure that you, it's not something you expect of yourself all the time, but it's like a, a, a space you put yourself in, a listening space. Am I in the best space to listen? Those, I think, are two things that have made a, a really big difference to the quality um, of attention that I can give um, somebody. Sorry, I'm just going to add a third one there because I've just triggered it when I said it. Attention. To me, listening is paying attention. And I think that shift of going listening with my ears versus I'm going to pay attention, that's been a really big, that's shifted my practice massively. 
because it's not just about listening, it's about making that other person feel like I'm paying attention to them. And I, I think people really value, in a world that's socially distant at the moment, being paid attention to, I think, has high value for people, particularly at the moment, always, but particularly at, at the moment for me. And John, you had mentioned fatigue was one of yours. So physical fatigue, but in the pandemic, it's mental fatigue. It's just recognizing that we might be tired, just tired. And if you're tired, you really, you may try to listen, but you really are not listening. Is that your experience, John? Yeah, that was the the story yesterday of, um, it just takes even more effort. So like Priya's point of practice and attention, um, there, for using yesterday as an example, it took even more energy to really listen and to come up with thoughts and then sort of comprehend what was going on. And because I was tired, you know, it's like exponential. It's, I don't have the energy and it takes more energy. So it, it really kind of adds up. And yeah, it was noticeable for me because that is rare. And then I was enjoying your question too. In fact, I noticed I sort of, in this recording, feel like I'm in student conversational student mode. I'm enjoying this. Um, listening, practice, attention, I heard from Priya. I wrote down um, awareness and mindset. I think for me, the, the sooner I can catch myself daydreaming, catch myself in fatigue, catch myself changing the subject. Um, there's, I don't know, just, just, just literally being aware, like being able to label and put into words, oh, I just changed the subject, realizing that I did that, as opposed to just doing it every time. Um, maybe even asking a question or apologizing. Oh, I've changed the subject three times in this conversation. Did, how did that land with you? Um, and then for mindset for me, I've noticed the smallest little trick that I just keep doing to myself that for me works. When I say mindset, there's lots of things I mean, but the, the practical side of mindset is if I'm in a conversation and I'm taking notes for someone else, so I'm in the mindset of, yes, I'm listening, yes, I'm here, I also know that I need to repeat this conversation and it's not my interpretation, it's what the other person actually said. So if I'm come with that mindset, that removes a lot of these barriers for me. I'm not guessing, I'm not filtering, I'm not judging as much. I probably am still doing it, but now I'm knowing, okay, I need to take down notes of what this other person was thinking or saying or what their intent was, because I have to go share this with someone else. And even if I don't have to actually go share it, just coming with the mindset of, what if I needed to go tell someone else what happened in this conversation that was not my thoughts, it was the other person's thoughts? It shifts the whole thing for me. I love that. It absolutely does. And and we're talking about, well, I, when I'm talking about listening, I'm talking about how does it help build relationship? Yes. And Priya, that, that's what you were indicating, or that's what you were saying actually before. But it's the relationship that's that's going to help us get through the pandemic. It's the relationship that's going to help us communicate and connect more effectively. Because if we're in relationship, there's a level of empathy. I care about the person I'm talking to or that I'm listening to. And if I am able to do that, we're able to build more relationship. So it's a, it makes listening a little challenging when you are in a conversation with someone that you don't care about quite as much. That's when you really have to turn on, tune up 
the listening because you want to make sure that you actually hear what that other person is saying versus, oh, they've said that 50 times. I know what they're going to say. I'm just going to say what I've got to say. You don't intellectually think, you don't process that. You just typically do it because it's a habit. I There's something so profound in what you said there, Karen, about how we'll get through the pandemic and caring and, and listening, uh, you know, as a way of, as a way of caring. I, I really love that. I think that's, I think there's something really profound um, in that. Um, I'm conscious of time and, and kind of wrapping up this conversation. Um, what do we feel? I mean, we've covered quite a lot of ground. We've looked at barriers. We've looked at the value of listening and the experience of being listened to. In all of this, what's kind of standing out to you as a question worth asking? And, and by that, I mean, for our listeners, what's a, you know, whether you're, you know, you're new to this or you're an experienced coach and facilitator, what would be a question worth asking for ourselves? Anybody got any thoughts? Am I a good listener? (laughs) Am I truly a good listener? How would I rate myself as a listener? How do I even know if I'm listening or not? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like those. I wrote down, um, I don't have the wording yet, but something like, um, how will relational listening get me through the pandemic or tough times? And I don't know if relational listening is a thing I kind of threw together two words, but that's what I was hearing us just talking about the, the relationship side of listening. So maybe it's even that. What is, how is our relationship with regard to our listening skills? I don't know. Something down that path. There's something about, you know, to be a good listener, you need to reflect on your listening skills at the moment. So I, I really hear and value that question. I wonder, I'm struck by what Karen said about caring about each other through the pandemic and listening as a way of connecting. And I'm wondering if there's a question in, you know, are you are you paying enough attention to the people that you care about? You know, your 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 mum, your dad, your brother, your you know, your mate, your neighbour, whatever, are you paying enough attention? And by that I mean are you listening enough? So there's there's something in that for me, I think. And if I can bring bring in what's going on in the United States and in with the death of George Floyd and how the country or how so many have are standing up and protesting um police brutality and all of that what what we're what that's evidence of for me is centuries or I should say decades maybe of people not really listening to people who are different than them from them because of all the the barriers and the frame of reference and the biases and prejudices honestly that come up known or unknown conscious or unconscious that get in the way of listening so i have my point of view well someone else has a point of view as well what if i stopped and actually paid attention and really found myself listening to the other person i could learn something and maybe we wouldn't have to come to protesting and maybe we wouldn't have some of these the things that are happening maybe people wouldn't be victimized and killed Maybe if we could listen 
more actively or listen honestly. I know I should speak right now, but Karen, I'm really struck by your words. I felt every single one of them and I totally, I totally agree. I totally hear you and I totally, totally am with you. And I wish I were as eloquent and skillful in my words so that I was worth listening to (laughs) is is the way you just captured that. So yeah, amazing. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you both for for listening. And, And I have to say, John, I always feel that you're listening to me. When we've had mm. conversations, there's something in the way you can, you communicate. There's a connection there. So if you haven't been listening, it's gotten past me. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> I agree, John. You're like you're one of the best listeners that I have ever met, for sure. Well, flattered. Thank you both. I uh, I practice as uh, Priya talked about, and you know, it's exercise like this, right? Coming up with this list you've got here. And I know, Karen, you said there's even more on this list. So thank you. Thanks for sharing it. And I hope we all continue the practice. Absolutely. So uh, from uh, England, from the UK, it's a goodbye from me. And goodbye from Washington, D.C. from me. And from Washington, D.C. for me. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for being with us. Until next time, it's your turn to ask the questions worth asking.